All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, episode 67. Down by the Bank is brought to you by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. Hey, guys, this is a podcast pre-Jaguars Ravens in the UK. Uh, quick side note, if you go back to episode 45, and I put this on social media as well, um, you can go back and hear our interview with Jaguars Senior Vice President of International Development, Hussein Naki, who kind of discussed a little bit about the Jags' overall strategy with the UK, which is... Uh, kind of relevant. So um, it's a good episode. It has a lot of good information on that whole overall business plan that they have. And uh, I'll put that in the podcast description. Um, we do have a guest today, and that is a Big Cat Country contributor. And she's also the host of Ponytails Talking Pigskins on iTunes and SoundCloud. And that is Lori Fitzpatrick. Hey, Lori, welcome. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. So you are a, and if you if you don't already follow her on Twitter, she's a good follow um, for sure. And obviously, now that we're part of the Big Cat Country affiliation, we have to throw that plug out there for sure. Um, but you're actually a Jaguars fan living in Philadelphia. So we were kind of chatting about this beforehand um, so I looked at your bio and you pretty much follow all the other Philadelphia teams, but then the Jaguars are just kind of in there in the middle. So how did that come about? Yeah. So I grew up, my family grew up, they're all diehard Eagles fans. I was an Eagles fan growing up until like, I guess like 99 and uh, 2000 and, uh, really trying to figure out what team I wanted to choose. I play a lot of Madden. Uh, so I was able to kind of go through the teams and see, you know, what colors I liked and, and what mascots were cool. And 1999, we actually played uh, Dan Marino and the Dolphins. We knocked them out of the playoffs, sent Jimmy Johnson and Dan Marino into retirement. And uh, after that game, I actually became a Jags fan because my neighbor loved the Dolphins. And I wanted to, and me and him kind of fought a little bit, you know, as young teenage kids. So I uh, became a Jack Jacksonville Jaguars fan ever since then. They haven't done as well, so I hope it's not my fault. But Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I'm pretty sure you ruined it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2008 is, uh, I went to college, so maybe uh, that's what happened. I left Philly, went up to North Jersey. I just thought that was interesting. I mean, one thing, uh, and I, I kind of chatted to you about a little bit prior to coming on, is I do have my uh, Philadelphia affiliations and that I, and I know Derek likes this, uh, not so much now, but I'm a huge Sam Hinky fan, you know, finance background and everything, and so I, I trust the process. Here we, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Trust the process. TTP. Moneyball. Hashtag TTP. Sam Hinky died for our sins. Yeah, exactly. So honestly, I'm kind of hoping that it's like a situation in Cleveland where Paul T. Podesta switched sports that, you know, Sam Hinky will be the next Jaguars GM, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, so you kind of also have something you mentioned to me as well and, and a lot of people can see this on big cat country in your articles too that you have a passion for reviewing film and kind of getting to the, the nitty-gritty of that stuff um i know jk3 and derek are, are pretty good at that i have no freaking clue what i'm looking at when i when i look at this stuff but what kind of got you into that so i actually um my brother played a lot of football uh, growing up and in college i i was I was a cross-country runner. <laughs> I actually got into college uh, through soccer. I also played basketball. Um, but it was hard to juggle uh, college sports and also my studies. So junior year of college came around, and one of my basketball teammates actually played football for a women's football league in North Jersey. So I decided to check it out, and uh, I played for five years. Uh, I was a running back in a corner, uh, and I think – it allowed me to really learn the game because I was 
a lot older. I didn't actually grow up and, and really know the ins and outs of football. So I was watching film every week, you know, running against, learning how to break it down, playing against other female teams. And so I started just really breaking it down then. And then after I stopped playing football, um, I just continued to, you know, play Madden, which is actually really knowledge. It, it helps you really learn the game too. Uh, but ever since then, I just got more and more into game film. And now all I really do is watch film nonstop. I'm kind of like a huge John Gruden fan uh, watching him uh, breaking down and, and making fun of all of these quarterbacks. But no, it's it's awesome. I could sit there till my eyes bleed and, and watch film. You can't help but not like Chucky. Chucky's great. Chucky's <laughs> he, John Gruden, if you, if you don't Yeah, know he's it. crazy but, eyes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned you play a lot of Madden. Um, so are you a, you know, rely on the user pick or are you you're usually going out there and just letting the defense play and you just play the, the linebacker or the, uh, the defensive line? Well, no. So I play the D line and I like to play corner, but I, I, I'm mostly trying to sack the quarterback. Once they throw it, then I, I switch the user and it's all user, user picks all day. I don't let the computer do that. Uh, at all. Okay. All right. So I had, I had to, I had to drop that for you really quick just to see if you, you know, make sure you really know you're Madden. <laughs> Because I, that was a quiz, so yeah, good, if, good. If it doesn't say user pick, it's not a pick. I, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Don't let the AI do it for you. you user pick it if it doesn't count. I, I agree. I agree. Um, so you, you in your article, and, and, I, and I just saw the uh, article that Corey sent over, uh, you know, you wrote that Leonard Fournette is exactly who we hoped he would be, which, which I agree with. You know, I think that uh, we want somebody who's a bruiser. We want somebody who's downhill. We want someone at the end of the day is just a nasty running back. And, uh, you know, if he does get tackled, he falls forward. And then he's, you know, talking smack as well, letting everybody know he's coming back. Uh, speaking specifically about, you know, the style of play that he has, uh, you know, what do you think, uh, you know, stands out most about him that you like? The physicality, for sure. And like I mentioned in the article, always falling forward. One of our main problems on, on a team – on our team is third downs and our efficiency to get that first down. And we never had a running back since MJD to fall forward. We try to get shifty backs and they don't gain yards for us. Then we, we can't get the first down. I love how he just, he can carry a pile two, three yards. That's my favorite thing about him. He's like a Frank Gorn Peterson, like mixed together. That's actually a pretty good. Yeah. I've, not, I've never heard that. Yeah. I was just thinking I had to like, you just dropped some, a gem on me. I was yeah, like, Whoa, I was like, okay. Hey, Whoa. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, Frank Gore is a physical guy and Peterson, he holds the ball high and he's also shifty. You know, I, I, both of those guys together, I think make a pretty much Leonard Fournette. Yeah, it's it's definitely good to have that type of running back. And, you know, if you if you ask the guys when when they drafted him, I was kinda against it. Not because I have anything against Leonard Fournette, just because I thought there were more gaping holes in the on the team, like <laughs> quarterback. You really um, wanted Dalvin Cook, so just just admit it that no, you wanted. I didn't Dalvin want da no. Okay, yes, I am an FSU fan, man, and you get you know what? Go somewhere with your hail mary. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Lori, so you said you you do the film and and like reviewing it and watch it till your your eyes bleed. I think that's great. That's awesome stuff. I, I, what are some plays that you have seen out of Fournette that you just you know are like eye popping or just like wow, you know he's a rookie and he's already doing that kind of stuff. I actually really like him in. 
between the tackles and going through the the A gap. Um, he can reach the second level so quick. Like he doesn't. There's not much time right now anyway with the, the holes forming. So it's not like we need a Le'Veon Bell to wait for those holes to get there and then he can see them and go through them. They're they're not going to be there for very long. So I like when we can just pretty much eye formation. Um, I like when he he can follow a, a fullback especially on the pool when you bring a tackle over like Omame on the pool and him going through the BE gap has been the best place running play so far that he's gained the most yards on. Um, getting around the outside has been a little tough for him, uh, but he can also catch the ball too. But I would say in between the tackles, if I had to pick one. Yeah. You mentioned Le'Veon and I talked about that a couple of episodes ago where as big and as strong as he is, he has the ability to like kind of slide and get on his toes. Uh, through the gaps when those holes start to close so fast. You can definitely tell that he hasn't anticipated linebackers being as fast as they are in the NFL because he used to, in college, he could just outrun them. But now, like you said, when he comes around that edge, those linebackers close that gap so quickly, uh, he, he, you know, he'll try and slide through. And, and that's a good thing because that means he's going forward and he's getting more yards. Yeah, I don't think he expected these corners to be able to tackle as well as they can also, uh, especially in the Titans game. He wasn't able to break as many tackles. Um, I'm sure in co- well in college he was actually second in a uh, most broken tackles. I I do believe Cook was number one. <laughs> oh really? Hey, uh, J- hold on a second, Lori. JK three, you're not saying nothing right now, are you? <laughs> Key words. He said, "I believe." <laughs> uh, that's the truth. R. Kelly wrote a song called "I Believe I Can Fly." I mean, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, and I got I got one more question for you, Lori. So, being a Jags fan in Philly, Philly fans are passionate about their sports. I actually have a great appreciation for it. But man, do they give out like boxing gloves and mouthpieces to visiting uh, fans <laughs> at, at Philly sports? No, but they game? do have a jail inside the link, so that's something that's notable. <laughs> they do for real? Oh yeah, they have a <laughs> they they uh. They'll lock you up down there, and there, it's no joke. There's a lot of fights. I actually worked for the Eagles uh, event staff for, for four or five years. So, yeah, I was I was up there in, you know, the concierge and the, the 300 level and watching watching guys duke it out. It's, it's, it's not good. But they are very knowledgeable. They know when to cheer. They know when to sarcastically cheer, which is actually a really good thing thing and a you know a really good place to play in yeah who has jurisdiction over the football stadium jail you know what i mean like how does how does that work is that just like run by the team or is that actually a police department oh they have police in there yeah i don't know i feel like in jacksonville the the dumb drunk rednecks kind of just do the law by themselves in the stands you know what i mean like we don't they they go out and and do a duel in the parking lot (laughs) because that's one thing that i was curious about um what would you say are because you came down to Jacksonville for the last game and you kind of saw the atmosphere and everything. And I've only lived in Jacksonville my entire life. So I really, I mean, other than baseball, I haven't traveled a lot as far as like professional sports to see how other environments are. I mean, would you say it's a pretty dramatic difference? And if there are differences, what would you isolate to say the biggest ones are? I would say the biggest difference would be, well, first coming into Jacksonville around noon, uh, you know, actually 11, 12 o'clock before the game starts. In Philly, the tailgating starts. I, I know it started early. I got there a little bit later, around 11. But it's everywhere, and everywhere you turn and everywhere you look, there's huge crowds. Um, in Jacksonville, they were kind of, 
um, isolated. They were, you know, kind of drinking everywhere and it was a huge party wherever it was, but it was more isolated. Um, In Philly, it's kind of like everywhere you turn. Everybody is so crazy um, up here in Philly. Uh, but I would say there's there's not really much of a difference. There's just more people in Philly that are kind of crazy about the team. And it's probably just has to do with the history and how long the Eagles have been around compared to how long uh, the Jags have been around. Yeah. So you're saying a guy jumping into uh, a kiddie pool of mayo wasn't particularly uh, impressive? <laughs> Oh no, it, that was impressive. That I've never seen anything like that before. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, it's um, it that was insane. That's something I've never seen before, and I don't think Philly fans get that crazy. Um, they're not, you know, they're certainly they just kind of like drink and then maybe fight each other. Uh, I would say the Jags are more of a family, which is actually better in my opinion. The, the other problem is the, the Florida Gators. That's the other problem is this yeah, is a college, college town. football. Oh yeah, and, yeah absolutely. And, 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 and it's mostly if they go to the game on Saturday, especially if there's a home game for the Gators. And this is just being, this isn't me and my bias towards them, towards the Gators. And, That's and just Gator like Nation. you saying with all due but, respect and then saying something yeah. disrespectful. <laughs> no, when there is a Gator, when there's a Gator home game, you know, good and well, there are not as big as crowds. And at the Jags games on Sunday, and you know that. Come on now, that's false. I mean, I was drinking just like the the Gator fan, and then woke up the next day and continued to drink. It's not. It's (laughs) that's false. (laughs) No, no, it is definitely, definitely true. Yeah. So, uh, so nobody cares about that. So anyway, um, so heading into the uh, the game versus the Ravens, (laughs) you know, just to kind of and and Lori, if you don't mind, just hanging out, just kind of chat about it. Oh yeah, Uh, absolutely. I don't know if you guys saw that. One of the headlines today was uh, we had some pretty sweet cleats that were revealed. I don't know if uh, those are going to go on sale soon. uh, If you guys are thinking about picking those up, but those were pretty nice, and it was much better that we had something like that on social media than what the Ravens had to delete off their Twitter account yesterday. <laughs> the queen. Yeah, they they had a picture of the queen, which we got to ask Gareth. We have like a UK correspondent that. Uh... That's a huge violation. Oh, it is. Yeah, that that's my that's my oh, yeah. I was wondering is like how if that was offensive or not because I'm not even sure like what like what does the queen do and I, I hope I'm not going down a bad path here with potentially alienating part of our listening base, but I don't really understand what the queen does. Like, is she in the government or does she make decisions or is it just like a, a figurehead type thing? Man, forget this. Okay, we about to be treated like a bunch of queens and get decleated okay if we don't get ready for this defense all right this you is better just be- put them in a retirement yeah yeah okay they, they need to cut up with the new cleats okay let me explain something to you we were talking about this earlier and and jk3 go ahead and jump in eric weddle eric weddle okay. the bearded the bearded assassin <laughs> yes okay this dude he can hit he can cover and he can lead a defense, and he's doing all three of those very, very well right now. I mean, if you're if you're Baltimore, how do you how do you go from Ed Reed to Eric Weddle? Like, I I I just I just don't get it how their defense continues to reload. Uh, their defense continues just to just staunch offenses. I mean, I, I'm I'm terrified about seeing this game um at 9 30 on, on on sunday i mean i i know one of two things is going to happen either one my day is going to get off to a really good start or two it's going to end really not good <laughs> yeah and Lori, I'll, I'll hear your thoughts on this too but my my thing is like i'm, I'm surprised because it seems like in the local media most people kind of have this as almost like a a win like a shoe in for us for some reason and i haven't watched a lot of ravens games but the ravens are technically 
um, projected to win, like as far as like the betting lines and everything goes. So, uh, Lori, just in, in what you've seen, uh, does that surprise you or what, what are you projecting so far? I think that it could actually be a close matchup, more of like the Houston game, just as long as Bortles doesn't throw the ball down the field very much and Leonard Fournette can kind of bust it out early, then I think we do actually have a chance to win because I think it's all about matchups. I, I They do have a great uh, secondary, but uh, we they also, they can't stop Leonard Fournette as, mu- as well as the Titans were able to do. In my opinion, I just don't think that they have that inside uh, defensive line uh, talent like the Titans were able to kind of just get inside and not allow Leonard Fournette uh, and just kind of force them out. Uh, but And also their offensive line isn't as talented as the Titans were either. Uh, so I think our defense is also going to have a better game in general also. And if our defense has a better game, then our offense will inevitably, you would think, and you would think they would have a better game. So hopefully they can actually make this a good game. I'm really not sure though. The Ravens are undefeated. So, I mean, in a, in a perfect, in a perfect world that does, I mean, that sounds great. The Jags in order for them to win, because they've shown over the last two games, they've, they're very one dimensional. They're very Leonard Fournette, run the ball focused. Uh, he's got 45 touches. I think that's like either the first or second in the league, I think. And if they continue to be that one dimensional, we're going to get put into a hole where we get vintage Blake uh, nine for nine for like 149 yards in the fourth quarter. And we're already going to be down like 21 points. So, uh, I mean, making those, and we, we got to literally just watch the turnovers that we, we have. I mean, for God's sakes, this team is what? They're 2 and 0. Best defense in the league, I think, with the most turno- turnovers right there. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. I mean, we've got the turnover machine at quarterback. So, I mean, it's just one of those, I, I don't know, it's a toss-up right now. Yeah, they haven't allowed 100 rushing yards yet this season. Well, Derek, and I know this is something you're kind of passionate about, and, and, and Lori kind of keyed in on it as well. Um, I spent uh, nine hours reviewing film, or I just read an article that said that the Ravens' offensive line is not considered to be that great. And, you know, Derek, I know you're pretty big on pass rush and everything. Do you think this is a game that will be more reminiscent of what we saw in Houston versus Tennessee when it comes to sacks and pressure on the quarterback, especially with a guy like Flacco back there? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, and here's why. Really? It's because, just like, remember at the end of uh, our episode after the Houston game, I said I would be interested to see what kind of adjustments the coaching staff makes because teams are going to be ready for what we just did. They proved they couldn't do anything last week, okay? Now, they may have made some defensive adjustments because the defense played well. So, I'll, re- I'll reverse back a little bit. I think the defense will be okay. I think, you know, rotating, having more fresh guys, you know, on the line, rotating six and seven in. But then it's the mental state of what is Blake going to do? Because you see they quit. They quit. Jalen Ramsey hitting people out of bounds, guys whiffing on tackles. It's more mental because they're sitting there like, what are we playing for if we got this guy over here who can't read a defense? Okay, he can't. He cannot read a defense at all. He throws five yards behind someone. I heard somewhere somebody got upset and said that that was Marquise Lee's fault that he hit that hit the ball and it was intercepted. No, it was Bortles' fault because he threw it five yards behind him or however many yards behind him. Bottom line is, although there's two different sides of the ball, you see how it affects morale when the defense is going out there giving everything they have, but you just get on the sideline and it's so deflating. Bortles has shown that he can deflate an entire football team. What, in the matter of, what was that? Was it the second quarter or third quarter where it just got real ugly? Third quarter was like six, six, seven minutes. Halfway through the third, they all looked dejected. 
every single last one of the, the defensive players. And that's going to keep happening until either the coaching staff makes adjustments, which who knows, they probably can't even make adjustments because Bortles is probably so limited on what he can do. Yeah, and, and the take on the defense giving up is kind of a controversial take, but I mean, you guys know better than I do. And Lori, I'll ask you because you were looking at the film just here recently. Would you say the assessment is true that the defense essentially gave up? Because it's kind of hard, and Derek, I know you're not going to like this, but it's hard for me to hate too much on Bortles when we're talking about players literally giving up in the game. I, th- I That's tough because the defensive line couldn't get any pressure. And then A.J. Boye got beat on the sideline with a perfect throw and a perfect catch uh, when that I, – I forget actually who caught it, but he dove. And then that's when the next play, uh, Ramsey pushed um, – I think it was Henry, uh, you know, against the wall. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think they got enough pressure. And so they scored 17 or was it 14 or 17 just in the third quarter. I think they gave up in the middle of that quarter. And then when your offense isn't doing anything and you can't get any pressure, the DBs and the linebackers just, they said, they kind of they kind of had enough. They couldn't really keep up anymore. They couldn't hold it all on their backs. So it's tough, man. I, I'm going to have to agree and say that I think they did give up. But you also don't have an offense that could do anything. So... You know, you're in you're in a rock and a hard place. And that's what, and so JK3, I'm curious is your opinion on this too. So it, it, all the hate that Bortles gets, right? And all the hate we've heard this week, it's it's justified, granted. But is there not enough emphasis on the fact that it seemingly looked like the defense gave up? And if you're doing that in week two of the season, that's not exactly projecting very well the rest of the year. The thing that you can't you you can't um, you know analyze, you can't see. It's like the wind. It's called momentum. When the momentum is there and when you're out there flying and playing reckless because you have confidence in your offense and confidence in your defense, whichever side of the ball has momentum, the players are going to feed off that. If the defense is going three and out and holding these guys three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, eventually a big play is going to give up somewhere, either on the offensive side of the ball or on special teams. Same way with the offense. If they're going down the field and driving down and keep driving and the defense can't uh, can't you know can't can't stop a runny nose then it's eventually going to come up to where someone needs to make a big play and now with you know for example with Houston or excuse me with um, Tennessee we were up they were up maybe 17 or 17 maybe 21 points before any any type of big play happened that we could even try to remotely crawl back out of the hole I mean once you're in the hole it's kind of hard to get back out of it and I think as far as momentum goes it does deject your team a little bit whenever you're down that amount and they're going into the fourth quarter yeah I I agree it was just tough though because going into the halftime it was only six to three so it's it was still a game at that point and yet if the offense is going to continue to just go three and out three and out three and out you're right like the momentum somebody had to take it and the Titans did and then at that point the defense was like well what are we doing here guys like something's gotta happen here you go. Touchdown, 636 left in the game. Two plays, 34 yards. Touchdown, 249 left in the, in the third quarter. Three plays, 49 yards. They didn't have field position because of turnovers. And that's about what – and when Delaney Walker ran that ball in, that's when Ramsey pushed him, right? I think that was after the second interception? Yeah, right. That's it right there. They were only up 9-3. to 9-3. Three. Nine to three. Hmm. It's, it's all about – it. The mental component and the want and will and 
we know about it as fans a little bit because Jalen Ramsey, who's one of our best players on defense, shows his emotion on his sleeve. So you can tell if he's feeling like that, imagine what the rest of the guys who are maybe older, more mature veterans are able to keep it inside. Man, they're probably eyeing Bortles down when they walk into the locker room, ready to just like stuff him and send him back to Orlando. <laughs> All right, so now let's talk about how JK3 probably wrote down that couldn't stop a runny nose thing on paper and had that ready to go. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm, I'm filled with all these gems, man. I can just come off the top of my head i'm freestyle give me 16 bars you know i can just keep going all night you know I, i've got this stuff already on lock man <laughs> yeah so you had it written down right <laughs> on the back of my hand yes. <laughs> okay good, good, good. all right well, so, um so we'll, so we'll kind of uh so we'll kind of wrap up i mean one thing that i did think was kind of interesting i guess the game's only televised in baltimore and in jacksonville markets otherwise you have to watch it on yahoo uh, which means that only people in Baltimore and Jacksonville will be watching, probably. Um, so I thought Yahoo went out of business, honestly. I didn't even think that was still a thing. But um, again, the Ravens are a favorite, uh, at least as far as the betting lines go. I think we're kind of all kind of, it's a toss-up at this point, I guess, to see uh, who has the edge, I guess, is the, is the best way to say it. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, we'll probably be recording Sunday. I'm not sure what time since the game's at 930 in the morning, which is kind of crazy. So uh, so good stuff. Uh, definitely, uh, Gareth, if you're out there, give us a shout on uh, what the Queen does because I have no idea. And um, do want to give a shout out as well to the additional two five-star reviews that we got on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate that. Uh, one from Bobby and one from uh, Us Browns. Uh, some really good reviews. So if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, uh, a.k.a. iTunes, and you have a second and would like to leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, Lori, again, uh, appreciate you joining us. She is on Big Cat Country, um, specifically the film room as far as uh, breaking down films. She just had a newest article on Leonard Fournette that we'll link up in the podcast description. Um, she's also the host of the Ponytails Talking Pigskins podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, which we'll throw into the description as well. If you want to give us your, your Twitter name and uh, any final thoughts. Uh, well, Twitter is at Laurie Fitzpatrick, um, and I just really appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime you guys want to have me on again, I'll be glad to, to come back. Yeah, and uh, maybe one day I can get you or Derek or JK3 to actually teach me how to uh, look at film and know what I'm I'm looking at because it would probably be helpful as a sports podcaster to know anything about that i'd be glad to help um, you out just don't look at the, don't look at the ball look at everything else <laughs> exactly that's yeah. it yeah that's it it's easy <laughs> oh really yeah. that's it and then i'll just know exactly what's happening okay great that's wonderful no i didn't say that either but i'm just saying that's the everybody looks at the ball and i'm like eh, i want to know what's going on elsewhere anyway so definitely uh check out the podcast uh check out all lori stuff and with us as well uh we are on apple Podcasts, itunes uh aka soundcloud stitcher google play and pretty much all other major uh, podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter as well as Facebook. And we will be back at some point on Sunday to do a post-Ravens-Jaguars episode at that point. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.